Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. I received a really difficult email earlier this week, a um, mother writing to us about the death of her daughter, who was a young woman, young adult, in a drowning accident. And among the many things that were absolutely heartbreaking about her letter to us was that prior to the accident, she had some conversations with her adult daughter that she was concerned about the people she was with, concerned about the trip she was taking, didn't feel right about it, even had a sense in her prayers that God wasn't in it, behind it, however you want to express that, um, and had tried to lay those things out. Her daughter didn't want to hear that, and then she died. And obviously in grief and anguish, writing to us, trying to make sense of a story like that, did we not do enough? Did we not pray enough? You know, if I had said more, if I had, you know, put my foot down, been more forceful, it's just all those questions that flood in. Where was God in that? My daughter was a believer. If he was speaking to mom, how come he wasn't speaking to her? You know, just dozens and dozens of questions, you know, flood in to a horrible, mm. horrible story like that. And you hear the the cry of the the mother's heart was for interpretation. Welcome, friends, to the Ransomed Heart podcast. John Eldridge and Craig McConnell here. What we wanted to do was to begin today a series on interpretation, how we interpret the events of our lives, how we interpret our internal worlds, and just how absolutely vital interpretation is in this mother's case. I mean, you know, I think that right interpretation is going to bring relief and grace and hope and God. And I think that wrong interpretation is just going to bring devastation and sorrow and guilt and anguish for decades. And so the power of interpretation is so important. And Craig, something you were saying to me the other day is that we're constantly doing it. Yeah, yeah. We're interpreting at every moment the world as we see it and as it's unfolding. And I mean, this poor woman, her interpretation in writing that letter is it's her fault. She played a role that could have prevented this. God didn't intervene. What's that say about God's heart? You see the consequences of our interpretation. But you can't live without an interpretation of life. question is, is it the right one or a good one? Exactly. And we're all doing it yes. constantly. I mean, every day of your life, you're interpreting the actions or the inactions of God. You're interpreting what people said to you, the way they're acting, their body language. You're interpreting your internal world, how you're feeling, how you're doing, the events yeah. of your life, your job, your money, your kids, your, you know, friendships, just – 
this is a big one, and we're really excited to get into this because we just sense that God has some really good things for us. John, just two nights ago, I mean, this played out in that uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I hear this thump, and my heart started racing. I begin to sweat, and my immediate interpretation was, Someone's breaking into the basement window, and yep. so I'm looking for my war axe and uh, <laughs> your tennis racket. <laughs> something to defend my family fortune and domain with. And what it was was the wind blew over a deck chair. Now, if I'd you know awoken and thought it was a deck chair, I'd just roll over and go to yep. sleep. As it was, I was adrenalized yes. in fear. Fear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you just go, wow. You know how we interpret such little daily common things has an impact spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally. In every arena, we're doing interpreting. I was enjoying reading in the Gospels last night and just knowing that we were going to talk about this, going back through watching Jesus operate. And if you take this lens back to the Gospels, I mean, Jesus is frequently reinterpreting events, people, actions, God, the scriptures, to his followers and rescuing them through reinterpretation. In John chapter 9, there's the story of a man who was born blind, and the disciples see him, and they ask Jesus, who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 time out. Neither of them. That has nothing to do with his blindness. Like, wait a second. What's what's the worldview you're operating from? This mm-hmm. this kind of brutal, you know, A equals B, you right. know. And then there's the fairly famous story from Mark chapter 9 about the father and the son and the young boy has a demon and the disciples can't kick it out. And then Jesus steps into the scene and he delivers the boy, and afterwards the disciples say, whoa, like, what was the deal with that? How come we couldn't kick that out? They are asking for interpretation of an event, you know, and Jesus explains, oh, well, in these cases, it only comes out by prayer or um, some translations by prayer and fasting. You know, he's, he's helping them interpret this particularly difficult situation. Yeah, John, a couple of reflections that I have is uh, I think it's Jeremiah it's at 614 where God's um, rebuking the priests and the prophets, the leaders of Israel, and saying that their primary sin is that they are misdiagnosing the problem with the nation and the people. And he calls them on, you say, peace, peace, but there is no peace. And mm. he's confronting that. Is that where he says, you treat the wound of yes. my people as though it's not serious? Yeah. Yeah. They're misreading their entire context. And God, through his prophet Jeremiah, is confronting them. You know, I read the Sermon on the Mount, and it feels to me like it's Christ giving us examples of how a kingdom interpretation of life is just so different than our natural one. When he says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. 
blessed are you when that happens? Right. That's not my interpretation. He right. says, rejoice, be glad, mm. see how great mm. your reward in heaven is. Mm. You know, it's throughout the sermon, you have heard it said, but I say to you, that internal secret desire you have for a woman, because it hasn't manifested itself into an actual act of adultery, you've use that as a validation of your righteousness. You say, you need to reinterpret, understand your internal world. And what you think holiness is Yes, as well. I mean, he's rocking their world and their interpretation of what God wants and what a good life is. There's that very touching story in Matthew 11. John the Baptist has been put in jail, and he sends his disciples to Jesus to ask him, point blank, are you the one? Are you our long-expected Messiah? I love that story because here you have, Jesus says he's the greatest prophet that ever lived, and he needs interpretation. Help me understand you're not quite what I expected. You're not acting quite the way I thought you would. I'm in jail. My life doesn't seem to be bearing this out. Are you? And then Jesus tells the disciples of John, he says, go back and tell John what you see, right? The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. Go and assure him, yes. So, you know, in his life's sudden turn of events, finds himself in jail, in his expectation of what God would be and would act like, He needs interpretation. Help me with this. And so that's why we're introducing this whole topic of interpretation. That and the cost of misinterpreting is just, it's just brutal. One of the most painful experiences of my youth was the breakup that I had with my first real girlfriend. And painful because at that very same time in my life, my father's alcoholism had just completely blown my family apart, kind of shattered the family structure. And there was no security, love, affirmation at home. And I found it in this really beautiful, wonderful, life-giving young woman. And we had this great relationship and, you know, first love and all that. You know, I just gave my heart to her. And the breakup and the way she did it was one of the most wounding experiences of my young life. Years later, I was visiting my parents. I'd gone back home for a family visit, and I felt God saying, let's go back. Let's go back. I want you to get in the car. I want you to drive back to her neighborhood and park. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't expecting to see her or anything like that. It was more go back in the memories, go back into the neighborhood, sit here with me. And as I did, you know, tears began to come, and and then Jesus was able to step in and reinterpret. Mm. And one of the things he said, so simply, he said, John, none of this was your fault. Yeah. Okay, friends, this is massive. I had been living for two decades, three decades, with guilt, self-reproach, rejection, brokenheartedness because of my interpretation of the event. 
mean, the cost of misinterpreting things is just devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Two decades, John. I mean, that's amazing. I have a story, several of them as well, but one of them is simply, I remember vividly when my daughters were in their teen years, and they were just now, looking back, reinterpreting, I didn't understand at the time that a whole lot of just healthy, natural development and appropriate pulling away from mom and dad and developing their own independence as young adults. I didn't see it that way. What I saw was um, kids rebelling, disrespecting me, uh, having no regard for me as their father, as a parent who loves them. Oh, I remember. You would call me from L.A. in just anger and distress Uh, and fear. Absolutely. I remember writing my journal, can't wait for the day that my daughter sees her murderous heart (laughs) in regards to me. Warfare wasn't a category for me. So my interpretation of life, not having a a warfare worldview, was simply she was acting out these frightening behaviors and she was on the brink of turning into a heroin addict uh, pagan And I remember having this experience where out of nowhere, I just rebuked the enemy. It was like God imposed himself. And I did um, just a naive warfare prayer and it all lifted. And I realized, oh my gosh, there is an enemy. We live in a world at war. That was huge now, interpreting my children's behavior and family issues. You know, there's someone else involved. And it's like it dramatically changed my understanding and my pursuing and going after marriage and family and recognizing who the real enemy is isn't my daughter. It's this this enemy who's out to destroy her, me, and our relationship. Oh, I remember those years, Craig, and the anguish oh. and the pain of the misinterpretation. Yeah. I mean, you thought your family was falling apart. You're losing your daughters. Then you thought you were having a breakdown, yes. right? With all of the internal upheaval and, you know, the cost of the misinterpretation, right? Just hours, months, years. Oh, where that would have taken us, John, I'm sure my daughter and I would be, you know, unreconciled and just uh, I'm an angry, disappointed, controlling, pressuring father, disappointed deeply in my daughters and alienated from them. I just think of where that would have gone Mm. had Mm. God not given Mm. me a new category Mm. in in interpretation of my world. Just this morning in a time of uh, prayer and worship, God took me back to this episode that took place in my early Christian life in this church that I was a part of, and there was a pretty profound betrayal of me that took place by one of the elders in that church. And at the time, gosh, I was was young, I was naive, excited, enthusiastic, you know, new believer, and uh, just didn't have Jesus's framework for you know, be innocent as doves, but be cunning as serpents. And um, I just didn't ever really process what took place there. And so I'm just in this kind of morning time of 
prayer and worship, and Christ takes me back to that event and says, your interpretation of that has actually been hurting you all these years. Mm. I want to reinterpret what took place there. And so, friends, we are bound and captive to our interpretation of the world. And if it's accurate and true in kingdom and God, it's going to be freeing and life. And if it's not, oh my gosh, the years of unnecessary toil, striving, shame, self-reproach, guilt, anger, rage, unforgiveness, bitterness, you know, just whatever it is, the cost of of misinterpretation, even the cost of abandoned dreams, mm-hmm. abandoned hopes and desires, plans that, you know, because we misinterpret God mm-hmm. or events or that sort of thing. And so we're going to provide for you as best we can categories and experience in a number of realms, jobs versus dreams and hopes and calling and kind of getting stuck in a place that doesn't feel like Mm. your sweet spot. Mm. I'm going to talk about interpreting your internal chaos and how do you interpret your internal world and struggles. Talk about interpreting God Mm. and his silence or unanswered prayers, his actions or seeming inactions. We're going to talk about interpreting disappointments, suffering, hardship. Mm. It's just a whole realm of really good things we're going to walk into in this series on interpretation. But, I mean, initially, we just want to put out there, gang, this is huge. You are interpreting your world constantly. And when your interpretation is in line with the truth, with God, with what's really going on, it's just very, very different than when it's distorted by any number of things. And probably above all, I think one of the things we're going to continue to say is, ask Jesus. Have you asked Jesus his interpretation of that event, whether it was yesterday's argument with your boss or, you know, 35 years ago, one of your most profound childhood woundings, whatever it may be, you ask Jesus, his interpretation. We were in the Tetons this summer for our annual family camping trip there, and we've been doing this trip for 15 years. We've been doing it ever since Luke was four years old. And so I have young men now. Luke's obviously now 19 and Blaine 21, Sam 24. And Sam's married, and we had our new daughter-in-law with us, Susie, and and it was a very, very rich time. We didn't know how long we would be able to continue to do these trips. Their lives are going in other directions, grad school, marriage, work, and they are living in other cities now. And, and so it felt like a real gift, but I couldn't enjoy it. I couldn't enjoy it because all that I was aware of was it's going to end. It's over, you know. I get seven days with them, but then it's over, and they're going to leave again and go off to their lives. And I was just, I was just so taken out by the loss 
I couldn't enjoy the gift mm. of it. And it was a gift. I mean, we were having these phenomenally beautiful days and taking these hikes and swimming in these gorgeous lakes. And I mean, there was real richness to it. Finally, about the third day in, I said, Jesus, you got to help me with yeah. this. Help me. What do I do with this? And he said, oh, John, he said, all of this ache and all of this longing and all of the beauty that you're experiencing right now and all of the joy, this is merely a promise of my kingdom. Yes. Now, friends, that may not mean a lot to you, but in the moment for me, for where I was at, I knew exactly what Jesus was addressing. It took me exactly to what, oh, gosh, it was this massive rescue I was able to enjoy the temporary, knowing that I get it all Mm. forever. And it just, boop, I mean, in about 30 seconds. It doesn't always work that fast, but suddenly God's reinterpretation of it was, I'm good. I'm fine. I can enter in and and join in the laughter and join in the banter. and, And then the rest of the week was just pure gift. You know, I had to keep going back to... God's interpretation of it for me. Yes. So ask him in in the day-to-day, but also, John, in our illustration, so much of the ask him is going back to key moments, times, life-changing events, wounding, anything that's a source of pain, anger, hurt, withdrawal. At some point, to simply ask Christ, Lord, I want to go back and would you reinterpret that for me? Would you come into that? I mean, current events and as my day unfolds, but also going back and just saying, I mean, you're talking decades of stuff. Oh, and the glorious freedom when we have the interpretation of God. So friends, we are very excited about exploring just the whole realm of interpretation Thanks for tuning in to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. I'm John Eldridge and Craig McConnell with me. If you want more, come to the Ransomed Heart website at ransomedheart.com or the Ransomed Heart app.